Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. This turn down. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode 125 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Sorry for the wait, but we are back. We're rolling, ready to go. Let some things uh, marinate, let it sit in the crock pot, but uh, we ready to serve you up with a hot, fresh meal. I don't know if it's as fresh because it's been sitting in the crock pot for a minute. But first things first, uh, all my Omaha folks, my black Omaha folks who need to put a little bit of, you know, money in their pocket. You got to pay a phone bill. You got to put something down on your light bill or your water bill, your water slash gas bill. Or you need to put some gas in your car for the next couple weeks. I need you to go ahead and check out my man Jesse up there at Labor Max Staffing off of 84th and L. Give him a call at 402-614-2929. That's the big homie right there. He got work for you and get paid the same day. And that's Labor Max Staffing off of 84th and L, 402-614-2929. Let him know double sent you, all right? So let's see here. Let's see what's going on here. Um, I made the mistake of uh, reading some uh, reviews about the podcast and shit like that. Um... It wasn't even reviews. I was just going through my pipe, my podcast review on uh, iTunes or whatever. And uh, I got a new one up there. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, my wife was talking about I shouldn't address it and talk about it and all this other shit. But uh, I don't know. The person gave me one star, one out of five stars. Um, so that brought my rating down a little bit. Cause ain't, y'all, y'all, if y'all on iTunes, go ahead and rate uh, the podcast. You know, g- give it above three stars. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, it's only uh, it's only one bad review. But anyways, here we go. So this person is named Rook Parliament 26, and they did this uh, back in late April. They made this review, and it says decent enough show until he veers into a shallow rant against sex workers. Um, although racism and client choice is not something to be condoned, the idea that just because they're doing something illegal, the sex workers and their supporters shouldn't advocate for the right to be safe is idiotic. Uh, that this country has laws that make consensual sex work illegal does not mean that those laws are right or good. It seems like just because you see some racism among sex workers, it's okay for the hosts that they're in greater danger of being killed in the attempt to pay the bills. Okay, Uh, this this is probably, uh, this. the main thing I took offense to, uh, this is probably an incel, um, and I'll talk about incels in in, uh, Hold This L, but an incel is a, uh, basically is an involuntary celibate uh, 
person, most of them are white supremacists that uh, work, uh, that are part of the alt-right. There's some uh, Asian incels and things like that, some non-white incels. Uh, But they they teeter on a fine line of uh, shitting on white dudes who get girls. They call them chads. Uh, They shit on women. They call them Stacys, like white women. And then they uh, have a group of black men. They call us Tyrones, right? So this is somebody who buys pussy. This this is pretty much or asshole, you know, probably the whole fruit cocktail. And they were mad about the the selling hope like dope segment I was speaking of. And this was a, a segment that I was uh, the segment I was talking about was Al Jazeera posted a video uh, about this woman advocating for uh, the, to bring back like Backpage and Craigslist and shit like that. And she uh, was going against the bill that. You know, pretty much took down uh, Craigslist, you know, quote unquote dating page and uh, took down Backpage because Backpage was nothing but selling asshole and pussy. That's all it was. I can be very crass when I speak like this. But what I took offense was the person said the rent that was shallow. Now, anybody that knows me personally knows that. I take a week to do the podcast because I am reading up on all these different topics and then I break it down in a sense that even a junior high schooler could understand. So I don't understand where the uh, shallow rent comes in, but this was a person that was hurt by me saying something uh, about this because they were in the video. They were speaking as if uh, selling pussy and assholes and dicks was was legal like the shit is illegal. You know what I'm saying? Sex is, uh, you know, or making love, whatever you want to call it, is one of the, the the most intimate act that you can do. And to try to regulate it down to, you know, a pay for play type shit, that's just some dirtball shit. You know, no matter what, I don't I don't shit on nobody for doing what they can to keep the goddamn lights on, because you do have to do what you can to keep the lights on. But anybody that knows me knew that I grew up, you know being on both sides of the so-called square world and being in the streets so as far as me learning from different scholars and things of that sort and you know being college educated you know i still was running the streets with different hustlers i knew i knew street walking women and men and i still know some of them that's out here you know selling that fruit cocktail out here via snapchat and all this other shit so you can't really say that I'm anti-sex worker because you mad that you out here got to, you know, pay for some asshole or some pussy or some shit like that. You see what I'm saying? And then for you to say that I was I don't know what they were trying to get at when they were bringing race into it. Maybe they were just trying to call me a race baiter. And that's the only reason I talked about the issue. But I was talking about the issue because this was a white woman speaking about sex rights, you know, sex workers rights and sex work is fucking illegal, you know. So you and she was bringing in, you know, people of color into it to try to, you know, you know, to uh, because they know there's a sympathy thing going on. Or, or empathy, whatever you want to call it. I call it sympathy with uh, people of color just because of the times that we're living in with the Cheeto in chief. So it's easy to say all this shit is on white supremacy, you know, to, you know, with the head of, uh, you know, seeing who's in the White House right now. So for this person to, you know, try to say that I was race baiting and shit like that, I think that's what they were trying to get at because some of this was a little bit inco- incoherent. Um, you know, with their rant, they were typing so fast. They, you know, probably had some jizz on their hands from their, uh, you know, from their meeting with their sex worker. Or they might, they could be out here selling pussy. You know, if they out here selling pussy, I'm sorry that you have to be out here selling pussy. But you know, be safe. Keep that thing on you. 
you know what i'm saying first what you need to be doing is advocating to make the shit illegal then you start to make the shit legal and then that's when you start advocating for rights so make it legal first and then you start talking about your working conditions you don't start talk about your working conditions in an illegal job you know what i'm saying it's like you it's like me being out here selling x and um selling crack and i'm like oh shit it's dangerous out here i gotta talk to the president because you know uh i need i need somebody to uh you know watch my back because i'm out here selling crack you know or i'm out here selling meth to all these meth heads and it's a dangerous job i don't keep that thing on me but i want them to protect me at all costs because i'm but i'm doing something illegal you like get the fuck out of here you know but like i said before um i i ran the streets you know with hustlers stick up kids you know hookers gang bangers you know still see these people to this day and it's nothing but love you know so to say that i'm anti-sex worker and then to say i'm a shot it was a shallow rent that was just some bullshit that's how i know this person was hurt to give me one out of five stars about one segment out of five segments <laughs> on my show and you know you're gonna give me props in the beginning but then you like oh this motherfucker talking about sex workers and i'm out here buying assholes you know what i'm saying and, and i'm offended by it you know advocate for it being legal then start advocating for the rights of the working conditions that's how you have to do it you know but you can't be out here you know you, you out here selling pussy and you're talking about oh it ain't that safe no more because craigslist and Backpage got taken down your field isn't regulated at all there's no federal guidelines for your profession of selling that fruit cocktail so does that make sense i hope so because we're about to move on all right so uh let's get started on that good old summer jam screen uh did you motherfuckers see i'm i'm sorry i didn't mean to call y'all motherfuckers uh did y'all people see you people i sound like a bigot don't i you people but <laughs> did y'all see uh in portland oregon they had a happy hour reparations yeah i had to pause for a dramatic i had to stop for a dramatic pause but so oh my god so i saw this in the new york times and it was uh some you know uh social activist group social justice group held a um they did something on social media where they told white folks hey if you got some white guilt they didn't say white guilt but uh donate some money to this event that we're gonna hold for black and indigenous people um uh, they gonna come to the bar and you you guys buy their drinks for them and i guess people on the super far left <laughs> white folks on the super far left felt bad and started donating money to this cause i don't know how the fuck this cause is supposed to help anything so your black ass show up to the door they hand you ten dollars and racism is over right <laughs> this wasn't nothing but a goddamn pity party uh and this is it to me is disgusting um to do something like this to um you know just willfully go out there and be like hey white people give us money you know for your wrongdoings and it's just like oh well here's ten dollars nigger you know it's one of those things where i i was cringing reading this article and i'm like how is this tackling the system of racism white supremacy by telling white folks to give you some money and you can't come to this event and then you know the money left over you give to the people at the door or buy them a free drink but you can't 
conversate and uh, learn a thing or two at this event. So it's just like, so it's 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 like you're it's like you being uh, shamed into uh, doing the right thing, I guess. But I I was just so uh, it was so cringeworthy, and you seen people holding up the ten dollar bill, just smiling, and it's just like, you know, I'm thinking, oh shit, that's it, racism's over, racism, white supremacy is over, it's done with, it's a wrap. Let me stop the podcast, cause you know we living in a system of justice right now, cause that's what justice looks like, ten dollars and a free drink at the goddamn bar my god what is wrong with you people what the fuck is wrong with you people all right so we just gonna move on from that because i'm just disgusted even thinking about that and just to keep talking about it but um let's see here uh nebraska state troopers they pulled over a tractor trailer what was it last week was the end of may uh something like that so two weeks ago um they pulled over a tractor trailer that was swerving uh brother or whoever it was didn't know how to drive too well and you know what these state troopers found in this motherfucker they found and this is officially i'm gonna say what they found officially 118 pounds of fentanyl and uh wow that's crazy right there that's one of the largest uh, fentanyl uh discoveries or whatever you want to call it drug bust uh in the united states one of the uh the heaviest uh biggest that they they caught and remember i did a show i don't know it was about well, i don't know about four or five episodes ago when i was talking about the aclu was uh suing uh for the state of nebraska to reveal their fentanyl uh fentanyl connect uh because they're going to use that in their lethal injection cocktail and so uh they're still trying to figure that out and that's still being tied up in court so that's why i say allegedly they found you know the find the official numbers you know was that <clears throat> 118 pounds so it could have been you know 218 pounds of fentanyl could have been found but um so if y'all don't know you know fentanyl is that you know synthetic uh drug that's being laced with uh being chopped up with heroin um and some people are just taking it straight raw and they are ODing off of it and some people are even ODing off of a uh, car fentanyl which is like a elephant tranquilizer uh so they said with those uh oh let me see here the uh, driver this was a hispanic cat uh 46 year old felipe uh Genio Menea. okay he was uh yeah he's they said he was scared to death when he got pulled over he was shaking visibly in the truck I mean, I would too if I had that much goddamn fentanyl in here. But um, yeah, so let's see here. Let's see that amount of fentanyl cash value on the streets. On these streets is twenty million damn dollars. Twenty m's. Twenty m's. That is crazy. So there was a refrigeration unit inside the trailer and they, uh, there was a hidden compartment up underneath there and they found all that fentanyl tied up in there. So let's see here. Um, with that much fentanyl, that, because they say as little as two milligrams can be fatal. Uh, that's what the DEA says. So that means you could kill a little bit over 26 million people with that much fentanyl. That is fucking crazy. 
but this just looks funny to me let me put on my tinfoil hat like i said the aclu is suing nebraska to uh figure out who's the connect and then all of a sudden you know what is that a couple months later they pull over a semi truck that's just full of fentanyl you know they got a few hundred pounds of fentanyl and i say that because i believe that that fentanyl might have been shaved off the top to go to uh you know the nebraska you know penile system you know for those that death row uh concoction that's just me putting on my tin foil hat maybe i'm uh you know i ain't got enough uh yarn to connect the dots but it does look funny in the light and i should have put that in selling hope like dope but that's wild though 20 million in street cash off of that that is some wild shit right there let's see what else we can put up on that good old summer jam screen since i ain't been with y'all in a minute oh let's see here uh your girl got uh got her show canned uh y'all girl uh roseanne Barr. Uh, I remember uh, I was I saw this on uh, Twitter as it was uh, happening. Uh, I seen that after the tweet, it was a few hours later. Wanda Sykes quit because she was like a consulting producer on the show, so she quit right away. It was like, nah, fuck this. This is crazy as cat shit. Um, and I know this is this is a little bit dated news, but y'all keep fucking with me and keep rocking with me on this. All right. So um, so if y'all have been sleeping up under a rock hopefully y'all ain't because i know a lot of niggas be late on shit you know niggas be just super duper late on shit niggas would be like man you heard that new jay-z man and the story of oj man that shit is crazy i'm like nigga what you been locked up in county for these for for fucking four to eight months like what is it but anyways so uh so basically she sent out uh roseanne sent out a tweet uh, you know, she went on, she replied to somebody on some racist bullshit and was talking about uh, Valerie Jarrett. She was a, a senior advisor to former President Obama. It was talking about she was the product of a Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby or some shit equals VJ, who was Valerie Jarrett. And uh, people were just up in arms about this. They were hollering at the president of ABC, which is a, a black woman. Uh, what's that sister's name? Something Dungy. Uh, let's see here. Let me look it up real quick. Bear with me. Channing Dungy. Channing Dungy. Uh, she's she's the entertainment president. She was talking about Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, which is kind of funny because uh, a lot of that uh, uh, Walt Disney disney owns abc and walt was very uh, a huge bigot i mean you just even look at mickey mouse how black he is and then with those white gloves that just that went that goes back to like jim crow and then you know uh, black servants and shit like that you know dark skin with those white gloves but i feel like i'm putting back on my tinfoil hat but it's true and that's where that stems from um so that's kind of funny when it says inconsistent with our values because Roseanne was right on par with Walt Disney. He probably sent her a goddamn high five from hell. But uh, let's let's see what else here is going on. Um, but my issue with the whole Roseanne thing is, um, you know, ABC wasn't slick. They were trying to capitalize off of how big of a draw the Cheeto in Chief is, and they know that Roseanne is a is a huge uh 
uh, chump supporter a huge 45 supporter uh, they knew that she was a bigot they knew that she was a racist whatever you want to call it um, uh, even dating back to those pictures that she took wait, wear, dressed up like fucking Hitler and had those uh, Jewish cookies that she was throwing in the oven I mean being an anti-Semite not racist um, anti-Semitic with that, that whole get up and that photo shoot that she had um, you know, ABC was just banking on, you know, Trump supporters watching this and then black folks being online up in arms tweeting about how fucked up it is that they still letting this show go on because any any publicity good or bad is still publicity is still putting it out there and uh that's what they were banking on and then just her to go this far it's just like nah this shit ain't even cool and you know people were up in arms of all color about what she was saying but abc was in the wrong from the get-go to even renew this type of shit you know what i'm saying just to even give her a fucking show and to try to normalize uh this whole presidency and his supporters because this shit is not normal it is not right at all and you keep putting it in front of people's faces is trying to normalize the bullshit uh that's what it all boils down to so this wasn't nothing but chickens coming home to roost that's all it was that's all it was coming down to at the end of the day when you speak on racism white supremacy and i i speak on it all the time it it just turns and it starts devouring itself when it cannot shit on uh non-whites anymore when it's just done doing that then it starts turning on itself and we've seen that happen many a times and i've gave many of examples but i've been ranting for fucking 21 minutes or some shit like that so i'm gonna leave it to my man's hove hove what you gotta say don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh let's see what else i could talk about um i guess we could talk about that pushing drake beef but i mean that shit's dead now because jay prince pulled that og card out and was like nah we ain't gonna keep doing this so i ain't really gonna talk about that i mean well i, I guess i could talk about it a little bit um so basically we've been knowing that uh push had been with the shits with young money uh, or cash money honestly since uh the re-up game days you know you've been throwing darts at them i don't know what i think it's, it started yeah yeah it started over um when lil wayne was kind of trying to uh shit on pharrell about the bait thing and uh he said in an interview or something he's like fuck pharrell or something like that or he made it look better or some shit when it came to a bathing ape and that's what's just fucking funny that brand uh, uh nego in a bathing ape it's just like okay you're doing hip-hop you know style clothes clothes and you call this shit a bathing ape but i'm a, i guess i'll just let the shit slide i guess hip-hop just let that kind of slide right i always had a problem with that i always just trying to i was like are you trying to say like black folks are like clean monkeys or some shit like that but i'm on some other shit but anyway so uh you know uh, pharrell brought that to the hip-hop realm and all this other shit and then uh lil wayne started wearing it and then uh he shitted on pharrell and then that's when they dropped the clips and them dropped mr me too and then that's when the darts start going back and forth and then uh drake just started catching them strays uh especially on exodus 23 one uh when he was talking about he was signed to one nigga who signed to another nigga that signed to three niggas or something like that and um yeah and so uh yeah uh 
so Pusha dropped his album. Uh, it, it feels like Good Music Fridays with these guys dropping. You had Kanye drop his his album, his little seven song EP. I didn't listen to it. Um, I don't know if I will listen to it. I did listen to Pusha's though. Um, I was I was really turned off about um, them using you know a photo of Whitney Houston's bathroom from like 06. You know that the the Enquirer or the Star had or some shit like that. One of them tabloid magazines bought. Uh, I believe from the family but uh, I listened to an interview uh, on Big Boy's uh, neighborhood and he was talking about it wasn't his idea Kanye just kind of did it last minute and you know that's his boss so it is what it is but uh, then he had a he has a song on there called Infrared where he was throwing some darts at Drake and I knew Drake knew that was coming so he dropped something called Duppy Freestyle or whatever and you know this is him taking on the Caribbean you know black scent you know this uh, half white half jewish canadian is is you know i guess part of the islands now you know he's part of that gang gang down there whatever but uh so in this freestyle you know and then he was just really trying to shit on uh push a t and then the internet was going crazy like oh push it can't come from come back from that then what was it less than 24 hours later maybe it was 24 hours later i don't know it could have been like 36 hours later some shit like that uh, this motherfucker Pusha T just comes out of nowhere with the story of Adidon. And uh, the name is supposedly supposed to be, um, what well, we all know, it's supposed to be Drake's new Adidas line. Um, and so he, so he's very smart, very calculated to say that because now he might have to go back to the drawing board and change his whole, you know, plan you know they probably already got merchandise printed up and you know made and shit like that and got probably ultra boost sneakers that's already about to be made and name that and shit with the owl on it and it says adidon and all this other shit and this man pusha t just he just went for the jugular i was gonna say jugular <laughs> but the jugular and uh he said and this is the line that just got everybody like yo what the fuck he said you are hiding a child let that boy come home dead beat motherfucker playing border patrol and everybody's like yo what and uh so apparently drake really thinks that he is a jamaican or a brother from the islands who has a secret family you know <laughs> he, uh, and so he i guess apparently knocked up old girl Sophia Brousseau her name used to be like Rose Divine or something or like Frenchie Rose or something this uh this white woman uh she's uh she's a, a webcam model you know she does videos of her being asshole naked and playing with herself and stuff like that and Pusha T just exposed Drake like yo you knocked her up and you got a child and you hiding the child and stuff like that and I was just like yo and and I've never seen Drake fans so crushed. They tried to come out the woodworks and, you know, like, oh, this is going too far. This is a low blow and all this other shit. Like, Drake wasn't making fun of Kid Cudi when he was going through his depression. You know what I'm saying? When he was fighting through his his episodes that he was having. Like, he knocked him down when he was down, down, down. You know, when this man was pretty much checked in to a rehab facility you know what i'm saying it's one of those things like oh, what wait what so now that your favorite and caught a you know and caught a knockout 
and got knocked out now all of a sudden it's going too low and uh man he said it was gonna be a surgical summer he was like we just gonna peel it back layer by layer that's what uh Pusha T was saying and so everybody's just waiting on Drake to come back like oh shit oh shit and then all of a sudden uh, the, the the big homie Jay Prince came out and was like nah he was like nah we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna respond and if I was Pusha I would have took it a certain way because he said you know if you, you, you can't roll around with pigs or something like that you get filthy and then them pigs turn to hogs then you gotta start slaughtering hogs and i'm just like what like is that a threat on my life you know some shit like that but you know that's the that's the big homie that's the og so i don't know you know he's kind of like a you know like a mafia type figure in hip-hop you know what i'm saying he's one of those type figures i remember he uh he had uh floyd mayweather spooked because uh, floyd mayweather when he was getting in professional boxing he had prince uh managing him and shit like that and then he wanted up out of the he wanted somebody else to manage him i think it was bob arum uh to uh manage him and there's a clip there was a guy who did a great thread on twitter about jay prince and he had had the clip up from uh with bomani on bomani jones show i forgot what show that was when he had the uh the hispanic cat uh i forgot what it was on espn but they were talking about it uh, he had the clip in the, the twitter thread and he was talking about how, uh, you know, he had to pay Jay Prince, you know, like $600,000 to free up Floyd. You know, he was going to give uh, Jay Prince a line of credit. And Floyd was like, yo, he don't take no credit. He just want cash. And so uh, I know Jay Prince had some goons, uh, you know, rough up some of Floyd people with some baseball bats and shit like that. So he's been one of those kind of figures in hip hop. You know, where it's just one of those things where it's like, oh shit, you know, he's about that life. You know, this is a street dude who's in the, you know, who's in the uh, the rap game. So when it comes to this, you know, with Drake, uh, Drake was discovered by Jay Prince's son or whatever, you know, as far as rapping and shit like that. So I think at the end of the day, Drake has some money being kicked back to Jay Prince and he's seen that this shit with Pusha T was getting ugly and Pusha T is winning this battle you know winning each battle and he's probably going to end up winning the war and that's just going to hurt you know Drake's uh, crossover appeal and how you know he's he's one of these light bright figures that can walk you know that white side and the black side and shit like that and you get money from every fucking body right so he's like you're not gonna fuck up my kickback so don't say shit to him just let it go and uh i'll make it look like you know i told you that you know this is this is it i made an og call because i don't want you fucking up my money so that's what it just boils down to but anyways uh that's what i didn't want to talk about in selling hope like dope i wanted to talk about so we went to me and the wife we went and seen the migos these brothers were selling hope like this. So we went and seen them. I saw that they were coming to the uh, Stir Cove concert series at the Harris Casino. So the casino, so if you're not familiar with Omaha, Black Omaha, so just across the uh, river, um, we have a city called Council Bluffs, and that's, and that's in Iowa, uh, River City. And uh, so there's casinos. It's legal to gamble on that side. So you got Harris Casino. You got the Horseshoe Casino. And... Um, 
Ameristar. So, you know, people go there to gamble and shit like that or get a hotel room and just kind of kick it and shit like that. So uh, Harris, the casino always has a concert series and they always have good acts come. Uh, you know, one year Ice Cube came. Uh, I went and seen Nas and Damian Marley when they dropped their uh, collaborative album about seven years ago, or about seven, eight years ago. And uh, they had a DJ Green Lantern there. That was dope. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. The Miko's about to be there. So it's, it's, it was one of those things was like, oh, fuck yeah, you know. So no opening act. So I really wasn't tripping about that. So they had the local uh, radio station DJs, you know, there playing music and, uh, you know, shooting the crowd with water guns and shit like that. And, uh, you know, shooting beach balls and shit like that me and my wife found a chill spot you know because uh, it's in a big ass field it's like an amphitheater and uh so we found the little chill spot with the other you know uh older folks i'm gonna say that <laughs> because when we when i bought the tickets it was 18 and up so i wasn't tripping in then all of a sudden we get an email or i get a notification from the Ticketmaster app it's like oh this is an all ages show so if you're under the age of 18 you need to be accompanied by an adult that's at least 18 and i'm like god damn so we get there and it's it's just nothing but teenagers there and there's some little kids there too but it's nothing but teenagers and i'm just like this sucks but we got our bracelets on we drinking expensive watered down alcohol al alcoholic mixed drinks and shit like that and so we vibe and have a good time and we you know balancing it out with water because it's hot as fuck and i seen my man's julio and his lady so shout out to them uh kicked it with them for a little bit and uh so but anyways so the show starts at eight o'clock doors opened at six uh we didn't get there until about like 7 15 or something shit like that and so we like okay so we'll get here at this time yada 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 it'd be a good show to perform maybe you know a couple hours something like that so here we go so we um so yeah so the opening act was just the the hot uh not hot but uh power 106 power 1069 djs and we there's like okay this is cool he's playing some hits and shit like that but he couldn't you know it just it the transitions wasn't smooth for the dj it wasn't it was just switching from song to song i'm like all right and then it got weird because the dj uh started playing uh genuine's pony then the uh the other djs got on the mic and was like which one of you ladies got that good good and then like all these girls start yelling i'm like y'all fucking 14 like stop please stop this this scares me for when i have children like this really terrifies me and to have these grown ass men up there talking about which one of you ladies out there got that good good you know it's just like uh this is an all ages show stop please stop please stop so anyways so they do that some more and then they're like okay we're gonna let them set up you know uh we're gonna get off and so you just this is about 8 45 uh, about nine o'clock or whatever so we just like okay okay cool so it's just you know it's just uh somebody's i don't know ipod or something just playing random music and people are just going getting drinks and you know they got little vendor stands set up and shit so people going around eating and then people start getting antsy and then it's like yo what the fuck then at like 10 o'clock migos dj comes out 
and we're like, okay, cool, fuck yeah. And then you know he gets the crowd hype a little bit. Then the Migos come out. They they came out right at right at ten o'clock on the dot or something like that. So yeah, yeah, it was like ten o'clock on the dot. They come out, and then it, it trips me out because uh, they started out. Uh, they did bad and bougie like super early. I'm like, oh shit. This is a jig. Like I sensed it, but I was like, nah, don't let it happen. Cause when they did um what song was it? I forgot what song it they did, but they they didn't do all three of their verses like the first song they did. It was just uh it was just uh Quavo and Takeoff. And I'm like, oh shit, we're offset. You know, where his verse gonna come in. Then the DJ goes to the next cut. And I'm like, these motherfuckers. And so I'm just like, okay, maybe it's just to get the crowd hype, whatever, whatever. Then they go into Bad and Bougie, and they don't even do all of it, the whole song. And I'm just like, oh, shit, these motherfuckers about to hit us with a medley, and they about to get the fuck out of here. And so then they go into Narcos, and then uh, it's like trapping like a Narcos. Narcos, you know, uh, got coke by the boatload, boatload, you know. So they, they doing all their songs but they're not doing the full song. You know, it'd be like somebody do a verse and then a chorus a couple times and that's it. And I'm like, yo, this is fucked up. And then they ended it with Stir Fry and they didn't even, you know, do all the verses. And then it was like, Council Bluffs, Iowa, we love you. And he was like, yo, what? Look down, it was like 1046. These motherfuckers hit us with like 45 minutes of music. Like it was lit, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but 45 minutes, they didn't even perform a full hour. I was like, yo, it was like close to 4,000 people there, $60 a ticket. So let's see here. Let's just round up to 4,000. So let's see here. Uh, time. So that's $240,000 roughly. I was going to say... I was gonna say some shit or something else, but that just shows my math skills. I'm just fucking with y'all. No, but it was two hundred forty thousand dollars right there, and I'm just like, okay. So this is what we doing, and what was even crazier, the crowd is leaving. You know, walking towards their cars because we know it ain't gonna be no encore because you already done perform bad and bougie. You already done perform stir fry. And um, it was just, it was one of those things where you just like, okay, all right. You know, what else could they, could they have had performed? So you knew it wasn't going to be no encore. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. So soon as we, we walking, me and the wife walking through the thing, and we, I was like, this is some bullshit. I was like, I'm just going to say, this is some bullshit. And then the guys behind me, they were just like, right. And it's like, I, we paid, you know, 60 bucks a ticket for this, you know, for 45 minutes. And then I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear, you know, the, the, the police sirens go off. And then here these motherfuckers come out being escorted by the, you know, the, uh, Pottawatomie County Sheriff and I'm just like I'm like man I should throw this fuck because we had these souvenir cups I'm like, I should throw this fucking cup at, at one of these black SUVs I'm like they literally as soon as they stepped off the stage they hopped in the whips and they was just out I was like this is so fucked up and then I read a newspaper article from the Omaha World Herald one of their music guys about it and they were talking about how 
the doors actually opened up at the amphitheater at four o'clock and there was just about a couple hundred kids there so there was kids there from fucking 4 p.m until 10 45 and i'm just like god damn and then so i started seeing people on the black omaha facebook page uh and when i say that i'm just talking about black folks in omaha and they were talking about well you know if we would have paid more for tickets you know we would have got a better performance and shit like that i'm like nah nah that ain't true that ain't true at all and then uh, i seen a and that was a woman that said that and then i seen niggas up under her comments you know trying to get things that's gonna get them some pussy from her talking about 45 minutes is a long time no it no the fuck it is not 45 minutes is not a long fucking time to be performing on stage it, it is fucking not right and then as far as prices go when Lil Wayne came here in I don't know when that was I don't know it was about five years ago four or five years ago I don't even know if it was that long maybe about three years ago oh, 2015 something like that I don't know whenever rich as fuck came out um when uh him and 2 Chain song rich as fuck came out I cannot think when that came out. But anyways, so maybe it was about four years ago. So he came, so Lil Wayne came with fucking 2 Chains, G-Eazy, T.I., and Adrian Broner, and Hit Boy. And them fucking tickets was up on Groupon for $25. And me and my wife went. I, we, no, that was like 20 bucks. And we went. And them motherfuckers, they all did over an hour set all of them and two chains his shit was crazy because that's is this is when boats 2 was out i believe and uh because his dj came out crazy his dj came out his booth was shaped like a fucking yacht and they all had the crazy stages and uh ti's was uh his stage was shaped like a fucking uh like a trap house so he came out rapping like he was on the porch of a trap house and lil wayne's was like a uh like a skating ramp and shit like that yeah and adrian broner the boxer and hit boy the the nigga that produced um niggas in paris and g easy the tall white boy they were the opening acts yeah so don't don't pull that bullshit on me and then you know it was one of those things where it just puts a bad taste in your mouth it was just like I know this is the Midwest. I know this is a flyover state. You know what I'm saying? Nebraska and Iowa are both flyover states. But don't come here and just try to feel like that your presence is a present. You know what I'm saying? Just one of those things. Because people work hard here. Everybody here uh, works very fucking hard. You know what I'm saying? And people were excited to see y'all. And, you know, the kids was hyped. And then as soon as you put on that little ass show the kids were just kind of disappointed adults were fucking mad as fuck but them teens were just like oh that was cool but it was so short you know and it's one of those things where it's just like you can't have that fucked up ass smug attitude like my presence is a present to you fucking midwestern peons you know what i'm saying and they're 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 going to do a show they're on tour with drake um coming up and they're going to be in kansas city missouri which is three hours from us and i guarantee they ain't gonna it's the drake and the drake and the three migos uh tour i guarantee they ain't gonna put on no fucking 45 minute show you know for the people in kc because it's a big metropolitan city 
so that was just fucked up you know i i people was just hyped all over the city to see them brothers perform and you know they're hot right now and then all of a sudden it's just like up oh, got the bag i'm out fuck y'all so don't ever you know this is for any artists out there you know once you make it don't i don't care if you performing you know in a chitlin circuit you know in a little dingy nightclub or you're on the biggest stage give them people y'all because that might be the only time that they see you you know what i'm saying and with your music you know a lot of times music gets us through difficult times it gets us through the day it puts a battery in our back and you know to see you in person is just an amazing thing so you have to keep that in mind every fucking time it's like jordan used to say that all the time he always used to go out and play his hardest no matter what if it was in front of a crowd because it might be the first and only time uh they've seen they seeing him play and i feel like artists should have that same respect for their fans this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so moving on to holding this l we have to give it to the mainstream media i don't know what the hell is going on with their fascination with the alt-right uh so we know at the very beginning they were trying to uh you know make these people like milo yiannopoulos and richard spencer they were trying to make these people like oh they're so suave and good looking it's the new face of the uh the right and then they were like oh these guys are really fucking bigots like these guys are really 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 bigoted and then you had to unite the right rally in Charlottesville where uh, Heather Heyer, may she rest in peace, was murdered by one of these alt-right members. So then they kind of st- strayed off of them, kind of backed up and was like, oh shit, these motherfuckers is killers, they're crazy as cat shit, you know. And now we're seeing another, it's like how many fucking arms of the alt-right or white supremacy do we have? There's like all, there's like a big ass octopus. It's just like different and each arm is a different faction. So now we're seeing the mainstream media star tapping into this guy jordan peterson right so this is a psychologist uh from what is it university of toronto somewhere up there in canada um this guy is uh one of those um how do i say it let me just you know one of those guys we just deal with the facts and you know um diversity is you know dangerous um he's tapping into um you know white males that are angry and don't know what to do so he's like a father figure to him because he's an older guy so he's like the the the, the daddy of the alt-right of these alt-righters and he's uh putting a battery in their back and he's talking about um you know white privilege didn't doesn't exist he's like a white privilege denier he's talking about women never suffered oppression in history so he's one of those guys so he's one of those a man's man you know one of those those guys um and so we're seeing more and more articles being written about him he even had an interview with nbc news and he's so he's and people are like oh he's not racist uh he's but he is tapping into a racist base uh which is uh the frustrated uh white male and so then you start seeing other articles tied with him about um incels and i'm like what the fuck is an incel you heard me talk about it um before i started the summer jam screen from the review um that that person left me and an incel is an involuntary t- 
terror involuntarily celibate they're involuntarily celibate okay so y'all forgive me i'm a little bit tired so i'm doing this right after work but so an involuntary this person is involuntarily celibate um that is scary so this is somebody who doesn't get any pussy and like i said they hate other white men they call them chads who uh, get pussy they call the black men who be out here getting pussy they call us tyrones and then they call the women who are giving up the pussy they call them either stacy's or femoids f-e-m-o-i-d femoids and so uh, a lot of their bickering is rooted into anti-blackness they say it's not racism but a lot of it is connected to anti-blackness if y'all look at uh one of the original incels uh what is this motherfucker's name let's see here um jesus i cannot even find it what is this kid's name oh yeah elliot roger uh, this was the guy who uh, killed six people in 2014 back in uh, back in two, 2014 in Santa Barbara, back in uh, out on the West Coast in uh, California. And this was a guy, he was a happer, so he was a half Asian, half white person, right? Half white kid. And uh, he, 22-year-old guy, and uh, he's some sort of... Uh, I don't know some sort of uh, mythical god figure. I ain't gonna say mythical, but some sort of I don't know deity, um, uh, uh, patron saint, sort of speak, um, an idol for these incels. And he was uh, just you know he thought he was white. You know he would bleach his hair. He fantasized about tall blonde girls, and he would um, in his manifesto he was talking about um and i quote he said how can an inferior ugly black boy be able to get a white girl and not me i am beautiful i am half white myself i am descended from british aristocracy and he is descended from slaves i deserve it more um and then he had some shit about mexicans he said how can an inferior mexican guy be able to date a white blonde girl while i was still suffering as a lonely virgin then he even had hate for his own people asians he said how can an a an ugly asian attract the attention of a white girl while beautiful eurasian like myself never had any attention from them um so this is very disturbing so you're seeing articles being written about these people and it's always rooted in anti-blackness like i said they call us tyrones and uh so if you go on this reddit page called incel tears uh, these are people on reddit who are making fun of incels and um uh, and they pull screenshots of memes that these uh involuntarily celibate uh men have made um they call femoids they say they're uh they are immoral subhuman creatures who deserve rape and death at our hands um just crazy shit and then they're talking about there should be a sexual charity for incels and uh remember the white guy out there who drove from uh he got like a gypsy cab or some kind of shuttle bus uh 
he, I don't think he was an incel, but he was rooted in, he had that same kind of uh, ideology rooted in anti-blackness because uh, he came down to New York and he stabbed and killed a homeless black man because he was too scared to actually step to a, a able-bodied brother. He killed an older black homeless man, stabbed him to death. I forgot the guy's name, but remember he was talking about he wanted to kill a black dude be, uh, for you know sleeping with uh, white women or something like that. He wanted to uh, do something like that, kill some big black uh, thug or something like that who was dating white women, who had a couple of white women on his arm. And so uh, that's all these incels really kind of talk about is talking about men who can sleep with women and women who are bisexual and, uh, you know, uh, calling women whores, femoids. And uh, it, it's the weirdest shit. Uh, and they talk about rape a lot. And so this is another arm of the alt-right, which is nothing but white racism, white supremacy of this group. And so they're going to try to normalize this and bring it to the forefront. Uh, and it's just this fascination with these bigots and trying to paint them in a light that is normal. And there's nothing normal about hating somebody based off their skin color or their sexuality or their genetic makeup there's nothing fucking normal about that there's nothing at all so you have these just these different factions like i said it's a big ass octopus with just so many fucking arms out there and right now they're focused on this guy jordan peterson who's you know trying to be who's trying to be a father to the fatherless out there of these these folks in the alt-right and then you have these incels and it's, it's just the weirdest shit but the media really has to hold this l because it gets to the point where you try to normalize this behavior and kind of groom everybody into uh accepting this and then when somebody dies it's always like oh oh we should have seen this coming we should have seen this coming and oh, the media's at fault it's like no you're the media like you're the fucking media that's talking about this you guys did like a the la times did like a fucking profile uh piece on um richard spencer and was calling him like dapper and all this other shit you know what i'm saying and talking about how these, these aren't your you know your, your, your granddad's uh republicans and shit like that it's the it's one of those things where you're just trying to normalize deviant deviancy that's all the media is trying to do so i just want people to wake up and just look at everything with a fucking magnifying glass because nothing this whole this presidency isn't normal us having a, re a reality tv star as president is not normal it is not fucking normal at all it is not fucking normal at all like none of this shit is normal none of it none of this shit is normal just these hate groups just coming out the woodworks and just showing their faces just being bold enough and not even worried about their jobs their well-being not hiding who they are it just feels like this is you know like white supremacy's like last stand this is what it really feels like just seeing all this shit comes to the forefront so none of this shit is normal but that's why i have the media holding this l you win perfect all right to moving on to uh not all heroes wear capes we have to give it to the sister nyla ellis brown 
this is the sister who owns uh, Ellis Island Tea. Um, she just landed her largest distribution deal to date with uh, uh, Sam's Club. So every Sam's Club around the country, all across the country. If you don't know what Sam's Club is, it's just like Costco, but it's under the uh, Walmart umbrella. So they sell, you know, everything at wholesale, you know, like big ass, you know, cases of chips, liquor, uh, you know, meats and shit like that. So like if you, if you own a small business, Sam's Club is clutch because it's cheap you to flip some shit you know so you can get you a little you know i would let me put y'all on the hustle real quick before i talk about this sister real quick a good hustle for you to get a costco membership or a sam's club membership and that's 60 bucks for the year right if you got if you got a little bit of bread saved up you can buy you a vending machine vending machines those are a, a cool little hustle 500 to a thousand dollars you know 500 is on the very low end but you rent out some space at a barber shop or something i think i already told y'all this hustle but you rent out some space at a barber shop then you go buy you a little 25 dollar uh box of uh like 30 count uh box of uh was about 20 dollars uh, uh for a 30 count box of like full size like candy bars like the the uh, multi-packs and shit like that or even cheaper you could get one of them boy scouts uh boxes that they sell at uh sam's club and then you you know throw them bitches in the uh you know in the vending machine you know for 75 cents a dollar and you making your money right back just like that and you can buy a big ass case of chips also and sell them for 50 cents you can get a uh what is it like a 36 pack or some shit like that or a 50 pack something like them big old club boxes of chips and, you know sell them 50 cents for a dot or a dollar or some shit like that and you're already making your money back so that's a nice little hustle if you got some bread just set aside and then you can pay uh the barbershop a little bullshit ass rental fee you know for a space maybe 50 dollars a month or some shit like that but you you know you stay on you stay on point and keep that thing stocked up you know you be turning some money over hand over fist but anyways so this uh sister uh nyla ellis brown uh she is the founder of ellis island tea and so she learned early on that uh, because at first she wanted to be a uh, be in a, be on Wall Street and then you know she wanted to stack her money and then be an entrepreneur. But she seen she said that first year at Howard uh, she learned about debt and uh, how much debt she would be in uh, you know uh, pursuing finance and uh, you know stock markets and shit like that. So she would be in debt eighty to one hundred k and she's thinking okay how would i ever pay that off and have money set aside to be an entrepreneur so she said fuck it dropped out and was like let me write up a business plan and get a loan for that amount or for a smaller amount and then just pay that loan back so she uh her, her father made this tea at family gatherings and people would just go crazy for it and uh it, and uh, her father i think her great grandfather is jamaican and that's where the recipe comes from and uh you know she uh, got the recipe from her daddy and then she uh, started bottling it up and selling like a 32 ounce bottle for eight dollars a pop and uh her first big um account was uh whole foods she went into whole foods she just just on a whim was like fuck it i'm gonna go for mine and she was like how do i get on the shelves and she said the guy was laughing at her and all this other shit you know just not taking her seriously and then a year later boom she's on the shelves and then 
you know, it expanded to another Whole Foods and it got to the point where this woman is actually employing people in Detroit. This is where she's from, Detroit. And so she has her own production plant of this Ellis Island tea. And so she's in airports across the country and then she's in Meyer supermarkets also. So uh, and now with this Sam's Club, um, with this Sam's Club distribution deal, she's able to keep her production uh, warehouse open, uh, I think, around the clock because of the demand of uh, Sam's Club. So nothing but love and respect to this sister Nyla Ellis Brown. This ain't nothing but black girl magic. She knew like, hey, I'm not about to go in debt, you know going to college uh you know i might as well take out a business loan she wrote up a proposal got that business loan and boom the rest is history so nothing but love and respect to her uh if you really gonna be about that entrepreneur life you really have to be a hustler and this ain't no overnight success thing i think this sister been doing this almost 10 years you know so for her to get to this account so you work for years to become an overnight success so shout out to nyla ellis brown not all heroes wear capes some of them just start producing uh jamaican tea for the streets all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so this is an old quote uh many people say this all the time they normally say it about like good looking people you know uh when people are feeling like jealous of somebody who's good looking or has a great body or something they say that god doesn't give with both hands they always say that uh meaning that you know god doesn't put all these talents and gifts into one person you know nobody's perfect that's what it boils down to so a lot of people say that to shade other folks meaning that they're pretty yet dumb or uh smart or ugly and ugly or some shit like that you know what i'm saying so it's one of those things but i want to say that to say to you to keep on grinding and to work on your weaknesses we all have god-given talents and abilities all of us do some of us might not have found them yet uh but if you're over a certain age you should have found them you know it could be leadership uh it could be your resiliency you know it could be your hard work ethic um but try to work on where you feel you are lacking you know if it's communication you know starts you know opening up more uh with those close to you you know if it's something physical you know try to work on that you know think of yourself as an athlete like you're a basketball player who's right-handed and you, you can't go to your left so you want to practice going to your left as much as you go to your right so you will be a threat out there in the world right so that's what it's all about just remember that god doesn't give with both hands and you can also take it as the other thing like if you feeling a little down and out you see somebody out here winning and doing their thing uh you're only seeing their highlights you're not seeing the behind the scenes right so uh i know we live in a culture of uh you know now 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 that's what that's that's what we're seeing you know you see people out here getting uh you know tummy tucks and you know liposuction and things like that and they out here looking like a million dollars but they spent a million dollars on their body and you don't know what they had to do to get that money right so don't ever feel envious of somebody's highlights when they don't show you the behind the scenes 
you know, like I said, God doesn't give with both hands. Look at how Kanye West is doing. He, he got hooked on opioids trying to be a bad bitch, you know, because he was getting some fat sucked up out of his, uh, his man breasts. You know what I'm saying? Instead of working out, he wanted to take a shortcut, so he took a shortcut, and then he got hooked on opioids, right? And this is one of the most talented musicians in the world, right? One of the most talented men in hip-hop and pop culture, but he's still, you know, kind of, you know, self-conscious about his chesticles, you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, you know, you have to just realize that God doesn't give with both hands, you know, so don't ever feel envious looking at somebody and flip it, look inwards, you know, work on turning your greatest weakness into one of your greatest strengths. All right. So I got nothing but love and respect for y'all. And I am sorry that it's been so damn late <clears throat> with me dropping these episodes and things like that, but it's just been busy at uh, work and a busy home life so it's just been kind of crazy to get into the office and record and give y'all <clears throat> you know that raw and uncut and i don't want to give y'all half-ass shows but like i said i have nothing but love and respect for y'all and i will see y'all next week one <laughs>